Hello, George. Hello, Ollie. How are you? Oh, I'm up and down. I'm all around, man. Oh. I've been everywhere, man. Um, oh, I was, I was kind of hoping that you were going to say that you were the one oh, in control, Mr. Muscle today. Yeah, because I am. The stockpile is dwindling, my liege. Oh no, the glint in your eye has seen it's, it's last day. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. One second. Let me let me be the strong one that you can lean on. Uh, I just need to. Just give me a sec. Come on, Ollie. You can't fucking be like this. He's your friend. Come on, man. Are you speaking parcel tongue? He's your friend. You can't let him down. You've got to be strong for once in your fucking life, Ollie. <laughs> hey, George, man. Hey. Calm down, Hello. relax. I got you. Hey, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Tell me about what's going on for you at the moment. I, aren't you in the the big smoke? I am in the big smoke. I am, in fact, it, right now I'm residing in the belly of the beast. I am recording from Sony HQ. Oh um, my Sony gosh. Music, yeah. You can, Honestly, it's terrifying. Can you um, hear... There's hiring, there's firing, there's <laughs> slapping beats coming from every direction. Yeah, I was going to say, I um, bet there's lovely beats all around. Yeah. Um, is there no, but I had. Sorry, go on. So, uh, quite a lot of glass, a lot of glass everywhere. There's a lot of glass. There's a lot of. There's a lot of cool artwork on the walls. I genuinely. So I'm in Columbia HQ, which is the record label I'm signed to, and I love coming here because it reminds me of it's the same building that I first walked into when I was 18. All and... those years ago. Ah, but I was so excited. I couldn't believe... You're just a chancer. You're walking into this building going like, yeah, I've written a few songs. Um, You might like them. I don't know. Um, And now you have gone from being a a scared little little George clutching his mixtape, wandering into the jaws of the beast, to basically riding the beast. You whip the beast Uh, now. I wouldn't say I whip the beast. I reckon I'd probably keep a couple of lights on. <laughs> um, I, I would say that um, it's good, man. I genuinely I love it, and it does. It reminds me of those the heady concoction of kind of uh, nerves and excitement from when yes. I was eighteen, but also happy memories of coming here and playing demos for both albums at different points and. Yeah, it's a place that I enjoy. Um, but I must apologise to our editor, Mummy Liam, Mummy because Liam, yeah. um, there seems to be an odd frequency in the room that I'm in, and also there's a lot of kind of um, hoo-ha going on in the main office. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of uh, deal-making, I reckon, a lot of wheeling yeah, and dealing. A lot of wheeling and dealing, a lot of, um, you know, Monday's winding down. They've got over the first hump of the week, um, <laughs> and... Hey, these cats are going wild. <laughs> okay, well... Sorry, I can't help but speak in um, kind of industry jargon. When I'm well, in you the, have the, to, yeah. The yeah. You, get, you get kicked out if you don't, I believe. And these cats are cutting loose. Time for the cat to come out of the bag and into um, the party. Isn't that something yeah. they say? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Columbia's motto. Yeah, that's um, what it's all about. So I've just had two uh, meetings here, and um, I'm going to be honest with you, Ollie. I have 
<sighs> I've not timed my kind of, um, I don't know, I've probably not eaten enough. I've had two two hits of caffeine today, which is two more than I should ever have. Too many, have. yeah. And, um, yeah, and um, I was hoping that I would ring, ring, ring you, and you would be able to... Lift your kind of shine a Shine a exactly, shine a bit of light. But how are you? Well, I mean, before we get into that, I'd like to in the spirit of of lifting you up from maybe a little bit of an energy slump that you're in um, I, I want to share some good news with you that I hope Ooh. will put a spring in your step and um, and get your pecker right excited um, yeah, yeah. and it sort of concerns your pecker in a way because oh. I was browsing the uh, Hertfordshire Mercury which is um, our local rag uh, local, local newspaper, newspaper back in in Hartford, and uh, stumbled across an exciting list that they've just published of the thirty mm. sexiest men and women in Hertfordshire. So that piques my interest. Oh, well, it doesn't pique mine. Do you know what it does to me? What? <laughs> it makes me want to run through the fucking hills, my friend. Well, luckily I'm a friend of yours, and um. Yeah. I'm bringing it to your attention that I, I click on this link and I'm scrolling through and I think number one, Gareth Southgate. Um, okay, sexiest. Sure. Number two, Is Lewis, he, does he live in Hertfordshire? Uh, according, uh, he's from Watford. He's from, ah. he's from Watford, man. So that's okay, a, down the road. So, yeah, and I'm scrolling through some other chaps and then number six... My good friend, um, your friend and mine, Mr. George Ezra, and oh yeah, number six. So, so I thought, you know, that's that's good, and I'm I'm pleased for my friend, and I keep scrolling, thinking, you know, okay, Simon Cowell, Guy Ritchie, uh, Jack Wiltshire, uh, hmm, you know, who's hasn't placed. Well, well, uh, I would rather not answer that no, question. Well, you know, I uh, I can understand. I'm, you know, I'm not quite as famous as uh, April Banbury, the uh, emerging fashion designer who has been labelled one to watch by top London ah. bloggers. Um, okay. But this podcast has been out for, what, three weeks now? Um, yeah. You you'd think that... Yeah. Perhaps yeah. maybe maybe even at number twenty nine there might be uh space for a, a, a little a little Ollie. Um but no. Um and apparently I haven't but Ollie even... What? I think you're approaching this from the wrong angle. I think what you need to see is what you need to say to yourself is that's a goal for next year. <sighs> you now have twelve months ahead of you to prove <laughs> So that, you know, you need to prove to the people what you already know. That I'm one of the 36 men and women in Hertfordshire. Oh, without a sh- But we know that, mm. you know? We know that, but it's on you to prove it to the people. But it's just... So I'm talking, we need to get a calendar out there. <laughs> we need to... We need to up your social media content and we need to take off a few layers. You know, and I'm not... Hey, hey. this is a rule as old as time. Sex sells, my friend. Well, I know, and I thought that my brand was sort of 
uh, all about sex. Um, I thought that when people think of me, they think about um, the body, um, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> diarrhea, various things yeah. that are just innately linked to sexuality. But yeah. <laughs> apparently... You're, you're, um... You're giving a lot away about yourself here. Yeah, you? I know. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself to the people. Um, yeah. But I didn't even make the list of the top 50 podcasters, sexiest podcasters in Hertfordshire. So, oh, I mean... But Ollie, we're only three episodes in. I know, but I still just thought it was a bit of a piss take. Number one is a podcast from some guy who reviews all the best weather spoons in Hertfordshire. His name's Bundle, apparently. And (laughs) apparently that is the sexiest podcast there in Hertfordshire. But we'll see, like you say, goals for next year. Goals for next year. And I would just, um, in in a bid to kind of practice a bit of self-love... I'm not our fucking sexy, mate. Well, yeah, as as the uh, author of this article says. Um, oh no, 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 no! Don't, because I'll don't. I won't like that. No, Will it say boyish good looks? No, no, no! You'll like it. It's quite subtle. It says his okay. his deep and soulful voice has earned him blah 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 blah. He's also very keen on the eye, and hails from Ooh. Watford. Ah, oh, so, Watford. Yeah, so they that, haven't even done their research, true. man. No, that's a Jeff article, if ever I heard one. Jeff from Watford. But, yeah. but just for some context, just a few months ago, the Mercury did the same thing, and you were number 23. So by doing fuck all in wow. the space of two months, you've gone up from 23 to number six. And ah. and in that previous article where you were twenty six, your music was described as funk rock. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> do you know what? You'll take it, man. I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realise that the list of sexiest men in Hertfordshire was a thing. Um, but there you go, mum. Um, <laughs> I made it. Oh, in fact, talking about my mum. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Oh, so. Tell me. I just a... want to paint it because I had a bit of a morning of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, as per last week, I woke up. What was on my phone but a brand new episode. Ring, of ring. Phone of Fri- ring, yes. ring. Sorry, episode of Phone a Friend. Mm-hmm. And so I, I put it on. I walked down to the station. Now, listeners may remember that last week, I watched my train leave the platform before I got to it. Mm -hmm. This week, just as I heard, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it was, I started to tap my feet as I walked down those steps. Um, I saw the sign that said, trains delayed up to an hour. Mm. Okay. Now, my day i think um the rest of my day was kind of dictated by this hour that i sat on the platform in the drizzle still enjoying our podcast not quite enough um, mm, um <laughs> it didn't do quite what it did last week didn't do um, the trick no and then so so i'm currently 
I'm training for something that is going to be quite a physical feat for me, something that I, you know, I need to train for. So what I was doing was I was up first thing in the morning to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, now, on Sunday, I went for a dog walk with my mum. And my mum, being the lovely woman that she is, she said, can I grab you anything on my way up? Is there anything that you need? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, mum, could you grab me some deodorant? Are you sure deodorant? Okay. Okay. And she said, sure. Um, <laughs> okay. I like so that. So she said, absolutely. Anything for you, my, my, my sweet se- boy. sexiest boy in the, in the <laughs> county. And um, so she said, yes, of course, leave it with me. Mm-hmm. My mum then presents me with a can of deodorant that um, is quite obviously uh, has quite feminine marketing behind it and it has an illustration of a blouse on mm-hmm. um, with quite an obvious cleavage mm. um, and it also has a pattern of flowers crossing over it okay mm-hmm. now I didn't have the heart to say to her um, I don't know if this is going to be the scent for me mum we went for a dog walk we came back we had a lovely time and I thought we're having a laugh and I said mum <laughs> He actually got me a, a woman's deodorant. So we had a laugh. We smelt it and it smelt like strawberries and cream. It smelt of the sweetest, sweetest fruit you can imagine. Right? Y- y- well, yeah. So that sounds right. quite nice to me. Mm, right. So now what you have to bear in mind is when I go to the gym and I'm doing my training is when I feel least masculine in my life. Okay. I walk in there and there is these, you know, giants of men doing things that I just, I think like, well, how would you even know to work out? I don't know. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Right? Put it this way, Ollie. Um, the lockers at the gym have a four number code. And I imagine I'm the only man that uses the gym that sometimes if he's feeling a bit down, <laughs> sets his code to two, four, six, eight, and then says in his head, who do we appreciate? <laughs> George. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's nice. Nice bit of uh, motivation. Yeah, and I only do it if I'm not feeling great, all right? So, but I don't imagine, you know, my peers at the gym are doing the same thing. And then picture me, you know, after my little workout, which probably, you know, people would be like, what, you just walked, essentially. It's not very, I'm not doing much. Yeah. Yeah, and then having to pull this deodorant out and sheepishly spray it on my armpits and the whole place instantly stank like a floral candle or I just outed myself as not belonging there. Another thing is because of my time touring, I refer to backstage on tour as the dressing room, Mm -hmm. but I often confuse the changing room and call it the dressing room. <laughs> so we'll say to like the guy that I work at, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm just going to nip to the dressing room. And I feel so... So that was my day. The train left. I had my, you know, the deodorant that I felt made me feel quite embarrassed. Um, George. And yes. It's 2020, man. It's not on Get with you. the fucking program. It's not oh. on you if the... Neanderthals at the gym can't handle the idea of you smelling like strawberries and cream. Uh, I have to say that there was a period in my life where I exclusively used women's deodorant. (laughs) Strawberries and cream. (laughs) Not quite strawberries and cream, but it just, I like the scent. And it didn't necessarily smell, uh, 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 the idea of a 
a smell having a gender is quite stupid anyway, although obviously men's smell would be mud and slime. <laughs> uh, mud and bark. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm not. It's just that I already feel quite intimidated. No, I in completely understand. And like a feeble, I just want to fit in when I'm in there. In fact, I don't want to fit in. I want to go you under the radar. You want to be in- invisible. And, and yeah, this and was I don't something believe that, that happened yes. today. yes. Well, well, and there's always this bloke, right? I don't know. This maybe won't make the episode. There's this one bloke who I understand that you have to get naked to get changed, but he fucking swans around for like half an hour, just with it all hanging out, mm-hmm. and he fucking lathers himself up with this moisturizer and everything. And I just think that's you're a pervert. I just think like <laughs> you're. This is you've got a motive that isn't just getting ready for the day ahead. Um. Well. In Spain, in the gym, the uh, attitude towards nakedness is something that, to my British uh, sensibility, took some getting used to. Um, what, but do they use the equipment naked? No, it's not quite that you just <laughs> go all out and you enter the gym, go to the dressing room, as you'd call it, take off all your clothes (laughs) and leave them there. But there is a lot of, um, like, uh, the first time I went to the gym here, uh, I went into the changing room and there was a guy using the hairdryer, which, you know, that's fine. Uh, But then Mm. I I noticed that it's like this 60-year-old man just standing with his chap out, um, (laughs) drying his hair. And that's when I realised that it's not, you know, then he's not getting anything out of it. To him, it doesn't even occur to him that it's something some other people might find unusual. And so (laughs) I just had to say, I'm the weird one here. Um... I'm the one who's... Did you instantly feel liberated? Did you not strip off? Not at all. No, I, I would, like, um, use my bag to, like, cover parts of me as I, like... And then I would wait for a certain time <laughs> and then really quickly, like, hop out of my boxes and then into the, like, shorts or whatever. I'd just be like, oh, God, God, fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, really quickly doing it. And again, I'm not saying that I'm the cool one here. I, I wish I could just... Uh, you know, not think about that, but look, I'm not comfortable I... putting my body out there because I'm not on the list of the sexiest men and women, and yeah. clearly something has to change before I am. Give it a year, Ollie. Give, Give it, it a, a fucking year. year. Um, I'll tell you, the one experience that I had that kind of put me off public nudity <laughs> was uh, <laughs> on the first album we were touring... And we were staying in this hotel that had a bit of a spa, a part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, certain parts of Germany are quite, you know, liberated as well. I think there's a lot of kind of just like... Chill, you know, man. Get your kit off. Yeah. yeah. And um, I went up to use the sauna and I had been informed that it's for hygiene reasons. You mustn't wear any clothing when you go in. And I had come to terms with that and I thought, that's all right. I want to try it out. Mm-hmm. I was 19 or 20 and I wanted new experiences. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And... Just as I was kind of preparing to go in, so I won't do the accent, but somebody stopped me oh, from no, please. that said, um, th- well, no, I won't do it actually, but they no, said, um, they said, 
oh, we can't wait for the show tomorrow. You know, as uh... they went into the sauna without their clothes on. And I thought to myself, hmm. I don't know if that's a good vibe. I think no. there's like, there's meet and greets and there's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. Yeah, what, and then what, there's, what you're that was saying a step is, too far. Yeah, what you're saying is that money hadn't changed hands, so you weren't willing to do it. But if there had been some structure in place where, yeah, fans could meet you in the spa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to clarify that what I thought was that's probably a step too far. No, and if I want to be able to perform confidently tomorrow, I don't want to know that you know. Whoever it might be, yes, is then picturing me in the all together because they they say that for nerves you're supposed to picture the audience naked rather than members of the audience being able to accurately picture yeah. you naked. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a whole different thing for for you, I suppose, because uh, your nakedness um, will be of more interest, perhaps, if someone at the gym thinks, "Oh, that's." Joe Jeshua, he might think, I wonder what he looks like naked. So yeah, well, you never know. You never know. There might be a market for that out there. Yeah. And um, I did just have a meeting about, you know, how I want to present myself moving forward. And um, <laughs> that, that didn't come to mind. Maybe I'll have to recall the meeting. Yeah, I, I think before every meeting you have, you should have a little chat with me and I'll kind of guide you, steer you towards... The right way to yeah, go forward. You, you also had another experience with um, public nudity more recently, didn't you? This summer, didn't you uh, stumble upon a sort of nude commune in Essex? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I genuinely, I was just going like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so me and, um, me and Joel, who I write with, we found this... Um, what we do sometimes is we'll either write at his studio or we'll kind of book a cabin or an Airbnb for a week and just go away and write. And um, we found this place on the Essex coast. I think it was the coast of Essex. And um, we got there and it was like this old sea shack. And uh, there was like this network of these little streams, right? Mm -hmm. And um, we would wake up and you could paddle through the water in the morning, go on the beach and walk down one end and it was quite quiet and then we could see the town in the distance and we said well let's walk in that direction and um yeah it's one of the only nudist beaches in Essex that's left but it's um I think it's known for being quite um promiscuous yes and there was tents set up in the dunes and if you liked the look of somebody you would kind of be like you know I've got a two man up there um <laughs> that that you know so um, so you're just sort of cheerfully wandering along the coast thinking oh so beautiful and a new spot uh you know people hanging out i went dad what are you doing here <laughs> <laughs> did the the cabin that you rented on airbnb i'm guessing it didn't advertise itself as like excellent no, excellent views of the nudist beach <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it did have a bit of a warning in there, I think, okay. that we then read, because I don't normally read the kind of welcome notes. No, me neither, I skipped um, through, although, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe from now on. Um, yeah. So you've had a pretty intense day, we got slightly sidetracked by talking about nudity. Um, <laughs> but I'm sorry for, I also feel quite erratic at the minute due to lack of food and too much caffeine. So please do rein me in. No, and, no, no. Um, 
You're you're doing yeah. perfectly fine, George. Um, Thank you. I think that uh, perhaps to to put you in um, in your comfort zone. Last week we were talking a little bit about um, the Tudor age and how it's a big passion of yours, medieval times, yeah. Um, yeah. and you were describing the kind of life you would lead in yeah in this time period um and just to recap you were a friend to the rich known to the poor uh you were a bit of a you had a glint in your eye and you were a working man but you could still um spend time amongst the the landed gentry the wealthy um and that kind of got me thinking who would i be in this time and I was doing a bit of research and I found exactly the position in society I think I would hold. Um, okay. And I'm sure many people know that at that time, uh, uh, if you went to school, it was because you were particularly rich. It was not a um, commonly done thing. Um, yeah. And the discipline was quite intense, you know, um, crack of the whip, stroke of the cane, that sort of thing, and <laughs> yeah, and a- apparently it was not unusual that pupils would be punished with fifty strokes of a cane. Um, so pretty intense. Imagine that. Yeah, but wealthier parents would often pay for a whipping boy to take the punishment on behalf of their child. <laughs> and that's where I come in. So I would be walking around offering myself... You'd be like a pimp to um, to whipping boys. Yeah. No, I would be a whipping boy. So I would... Oh. I, yeah. I thought you meant you were going to hire out young men to be whipped. <laughs> no, man. That was not my first instinct. No, I, I just think it really fits with my personality that I would be uh, going that's what around I was thinking. And, and saying... Um, Saying to some of the wealthier parents, "Hey, your your son's getting in trouble at school. Um, few shillings and fifty strokes of the cane." And I'd show them my back and show that it was already completely ruined and scarred, and be like, "Listen, I don't mind going in your child's <laughs> place, and I reckon you can make a pretty penny if you hung around the right sort of families." And if you, you would be wouldn't... in agony, yeah. But at, at certain point, you're numb to pain. And also, as we've spoken about, I reckon at this point, everyone's in agony all the fucking time because <laughs> you live in your own shit. You're drinking water that is <laughs> yeah. mixed with shit. You're breathing in shit constantly. Your lungs don't work. Your bones don't work. So what's a few strokes of the cane on top of that? Yeah, I um, I would. Would I know you? Would we know each other? I reckon because you're sort of uh, you you could introduce me to some of the parents because you run in those circles. You could say, okay. oh, oh, I've got a mate that um, uh, <laughs> little Edmund is getting in a lot of trouble, I see. Uh, but a mate of mine can take some of that stress off your hands. But I, I, it sounds like I would want to distance myself from you, Ollie. I think I would maybe... Because <laughs> um, it's quite a... Um, 
No, I'm, I'm picturing that, yeah, okay, I'm not high status, but there's a certain amount of respect that I gain because I'm literally saving their children from harm, you know, for a few, sh- yeah. for a few shillings, not an unreasonable amount, but... Um, yeah. And so I think, while, yes, some people might look at me with disgust, this little snivelling wreck saying, please, <laughs> yeah. I'll allow myself to be beaten to fuck for in place of your child. But others would say, thank God for the whipping boy. The whipping boy. The whipping boy. We all love the whipping boy. Oh, they boy. would sing that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well... Um, well, no, I'm just... All I'm trying to think is why... You know, because I, I don't know if this says a lot about our characters, but I've kind of kind of painted this quite idyllic life for me where I essentially get the best of both worlds. I, I'm just trying and to be you... realistic, man. Yeah. I'm just... Well, all power to you, Ollie, and v- Viva the... What do they say? Viva the Whipping Boy. Uh, Viva the Whipping Boy. Long live the Whipping Boy. <laughs> Look, I just, I, I just know that um, if I was suddenly transported to that time um i'm not going to be one of the rich elite um but also i would not last a fucking day on the fields whereas but in your life if you think about what you've done in your life you've gone to university and then again you went to do a masters you would have been a scholar yeah but i could only do that oh you mean so if i'm going back do i have my previous uh you know. Well, no, because then that suggests that I think that I can walk into any place with a glint in my eye. Well, to be fair, <laughs> I mean, when when the stockpile is 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 uh, you know looking nice and plump, you can. Sometimes yeah. the glint fades a little yeah. bit. Um, it's like actually. So on that, it's for the. Do you remember last week we joked that maybe Blue Monday might hit me a bit harder because it didn't hit me last week and yes. I might have a deficit? Yes. I feel as if that might be the case. In the last few days, I've felt some kind of intrusive thoughts finding their way in. And for anyone listening, what it is that I sometimes um, experience, and it, it goes in waves. It can last months at quite an intense level, and it can kind of drift away for mm-hmm. a while is I experience um, something that I later learned is often called OCD and actually pure O is when often OCD will come with physical uh, actions that you have to carry out to kind of I think and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn kind of silence the mind as it were so you will have a an intrusive thought and you will convince yourself that you have to carry out an action to kind of to, to uh, get. put that thought to bed. Yeah. Um, and I think Puro is the name given to somebody who just experiences the thought patterns. Without the kind with... of physical compulsions. Uh... Exactly. Yeah. And I, I've become very... Um, it's a sad thing sometimes because you can feel it coming on and you start to think, well, hang on. I've been free of this for some weeks. Mm-hmm. Why is it now that I'm allowing this back into my life? Um, but I did, I've started to feel it creep back in. Um, and I did, last year I did a two-week intensive course with a therapy, a specialist in the subject. Um, and unfortunately I had to cram it into one week. 
Um, but I was trying to implement some of the tips and tricks that I learned during then, um, during that time. But it's, um, I think the thing that I'm most disappointed with myself for is getting a little cocksure over the last kind of month or so. A bit kind of... Um, Complacent? Yeah, yeah, and and conv- and so stupid that you start to think to yourself, "I'm cured." Yeah, yeah, and and I I convince myself of that. What a, what a foolish thing to do! Like what a so. Um, but it's been a, yeah. I I have to say, uh, uh, the whole way you're describing this is very. You're being very hard on yourself. So, uh, you used the phrase. What you said? Why am I allowing this back into my life? But. Yes. Remember that it's it's not your fault that this is happening. Um, and I know the classic thing that people say is like you wouldn't you wouldn't say that about a physical illness. You wouldn't say like, oh, yeah. why am I allowing myself to become ill? Um, it's just something that's happening to you. And mm. um, I I completely understand the the thing about you know. Not experiencing it for a little while and starting to think, okay, it's never coming back. But I mean, that's that's um, a pretty human response, I think. And uh, the alternative, I'm not really sure if you're when you when you are having a um, an easier time and not suffering some of the same things, then it's perfectly within your right to like not think about that stuff for because you don't have to and to just enjoy yourself a bit and yeah. and maybe there is a, a middle ground or something where you kind of can keep an eye on um i don't know do do stuff regularly that might help to keep a lid on it i don't know i don't know what it's like for you in particular but i know that for... would well, you know what i've done yeah thank you for that because it is good it's like it's almost, it's like, um, it snowballs. So you have like a, you know, you have blips of it and you go, uh-oh, there's that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, you're concerned about it. You know, uh-oh, it's back, it's back. Um, but what I've done is I've contacted somebody who I'm not going to mention because I don't know if they'll want to be mentioned, but somebody that in the public eye has spoken about this particular thing mm-hmm. and has spoken very eloquently and inspiring they, they uh, sorry they had spoken very eloquently and I found it very inspiring mm-hmm. when they spoke about it um, and I've contacted them to see if they could put me in touch with the counsellor therapist that they see because I figure actually George this is you know not even a tenth of what you've experienced in the past actually start to act on it now yes before it's before it escalates that sounds Um, like a very good idea um yeah because i i I definitely also have the um tendency to wait until stuff is at its worst or i don't maybe not worst but wait until it all builds up and i feel like oh my only option is to do something about it but the a healthier response and the response that will get you more out of it is definitely to while you're in the state you are now which is you are you know you've f- 
feeling some of the bad effects, but it's not so bad that you can't kind of think rationally and plan. So plan to go to the counsellor or plan to... Because sometimes the thoughts are so overwhelming, you can't even think about that stuff. Um, yes. And, uh, and also the fact that you're reaching out to someone who will... Because... Am I right in saying you've never really had anyone to speak to that has experienced something like no, similar but, to you? And I'm well, no, but I think that there's a and I, there's stigma around all of this, and that's why I think that this podcast is close to my heart because I think you know if you can destigmatize these things, then conversation becomes a lot easier. But I think that often. What you find, certainly what I have found, is your the intrusive thoughts can be either um, violent or taboo or kind of th whatever it is. Is it's kind of it paints you in a in a light of somebody you would never want to be. Yes. Um, and it's always constantly the question of what if? What if I was that person? What if? And then you go, well, hang on. Why would you ask that if you know if you weren't that person? Um, I can't, the best way I've found, before I knew what it was, I used to describe it as feeling like a spider's web. And I would wake up and with every thought, this spider's web would get thicker and bigger and thicker and bigger until the next thing I would know, it was it would be time to go to bed. And, you know, that... Your whole day. That, that's your experience. Yeah. yeah. And I went to see somebody then... I described all of this to and uh, very frustratingly they asked me you know the, the classic um, what's your relationship with your family it was like the, it, they kind of went to this I, they didn't see it as what it was if that makes sense mm -hmm. um, so that so then the only person I've ever spoken to that has had it was the specialist that I saw in the field mm -hmm. um, but even then I don't know I was in quite an odd place at the time and and also that relationship is obviously different to um, like just re reaching out to someone who has had those experiences but isn't necessarily saying to you this is what you like you should do i i have the answers or anything like that um they can just no. offer their experiences and you know maybe you two can can share a little bit of your experiences and yeah. and then they can point you in a certain direction um yeah and i think that i imagine that will be very good for you um, yeah, I think so. Sorry, I feel as if I kind of made quite a jarring segue into that, but it's really been... Do you know, the thing that I've been kicking myself about, Ollie, is the fact that the, the last two weeks I've been saying to you, you know, I don't, don't know, you know, I can't put my finger on it, but everything's been great. <laughs> and it is kind of like, yeah, George, you're an idiot, man, for, for, for kind of as you said becoming complacent about it um but and i should also say that the, the the reason i find this interesting is because i am nowhere the last few days haven't been anywhere near as intense as they have been mm -hmm. but i do see it as a positive that i'm able to detect it 
yes um quicker whereas before i would get a month into it and go jesus i've been in this spot for a month yes you know what is going on um but I, you I get think... to a point where you go to yourself hang on well, I, sorry i get to a point where i say to myself why are you wasting your time with this man but again i feel i feel like you're you're very you're quite cruel to yourself because i know what you mean you get to the point where you think i've put i've all this energy has gone into this thing and yeah it's been a month or whatever and i've not done all these things i wanted to do blah 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 but it's not something that it's not as simple as well i don't want this to happen so if i just yeah. think about it you know like of course you don't want it to happen but it still is happening so so blaming yourself and saying why is this happening or why am i wasting time um i don't know i just i hope you no, know it's, that it's... it's not actually something that is your fault no and thank you again it is it's so good to hear you know somebody just say it in black and white this is um it's yeah but it is i completely understand that it's confusing and and uh, and I would be lying if I said I don't have kind of thoughts about um, you know if why these things are happening to me and why wh- how I've been dealing with it but then I just try and step back a bit and and say it's not it's not your fault and blaming yourself is probably not going to help at yeah. all probably going to make the stuff worse um yeah but i yeah but of course those thoughts are going to happen um so i'm not trying yeah. to say that they that they won't or they shouldn't or whatever well hopefully you know it would be amazing if i hear about you know this person gets in touch with me mm-hmm. um because um, i th- yeah and I, i've said it you know, myself in a previous episode this is an ongoing conversation and i am aware of that I, I am aware that this is an ongoing thing that is just and that's quite inspiring to think you know who are you to to think that you should have this perfect life what is the perfect life and what what is it that you know you're striving for do you even know what that is george you know or or is it just this idea of or is it that you need to confront these things and ask yourself actually well what are these things that are a part of me Mm -hmm. um and how do i best manage them i had a tour manager um that said that i was talking to him about everything and he said you know it's all part of finding ways to manage it instead of you know if you set your eyes on eradicating it um you'll probably be quite disheartened yes or um or just avoiding it and trying to distract yourself that's something that i it's well it's still quite difficult for me when i'm when i feel a panic attack coming on my instinct is to do something to distract myself from it or leave wherever I am because in my mind I'm in a dangerous place and I need to get to a safe place so so you know I need to get out and for a long time I would have these really long 
like intense panic attacks and I would be like stumbling around my flat and like talk talking to my girlfriend but not making any sense and just trying to do anything that would like somehow make it stop or go away so I would like get in the shower or I would I don't know I would like lie in bed and I would just be like frantic like this really kind of manic energy because I would go and do that thing and then it wouldn't work and it's because I was not confronting it uh, I was just yeah, prolonging yeah. it for longer and longer and it was exhausting my body and and so what I'm trying to do and learning to do and I'm not for one second saying that this is easy but when I start to have the panic attack or feel the beginning kind of sensations I just try and think this is going to happen it's going to come in waves it's happened countless times before and you got through it then you so you'll get through it now it will be unpleasant but there is no like i can't shove it back down into under the carpet or whatever it's gonna happen and i have found that when i kind of accept that it's coming and let it happen it's yes. less intense and it take it's um they're they're much shorter than than before when I was desperately trying to get rid of it. Um Yeah. And I yeah, I think that's the same with a lot of these things. It's avoidance is of course a completely understandable reaction, but in the long run, in my experience, it's not a, a useful one. But it is hard. Do you know something that I've found? So I'd, um, I'm not going to get too into this because I feel as if I would, would want to do it more on the episode that we do. Hashtag my story. Hashtag your hashtag story, yeah. Me, me, me. Um, <laughs> on my second record, I started to write a lot while I was writing it. I looked back through my books and an awful lot of the lyrics I was writing were about escaping and um, essentially you know avoiding but in more you know with a more poetic approach um <laughs> with, with a with and, a, a more funk rock sort of feel yeah <laughs> yeah um and and again i want to get into this on a different episode but i kind of made i see it as a mistake of labeling what it was i was experiencing as anxiety and now the reason i see that as a mistake is because i think that there's like an umbrella that you hold over yourself. Whatever it is you're experiencing will induce anxiety at times and it will induce, you know, spells of depression or, you know, um, unhappiness. I'm talking for myself. Mm-hmm. But the, I, and this is part of my interest in everything is the vocabulary and, well, how do we help one another better understand these things? Um, uh, yeah, because I... at the end, just quickly. Sorry, yeah. Um, but then having been through the experiences that I've been through and actually um, confronted it somewhat, sitting down to write my third record with Joel, um, I realised I feel as if I was giving the complete wrong message, actually. I think the best thing we can do is confront it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... Uh, I'm not... I don't regret writing the record I wrote, but it's, it's uh, again, another way of seeing a progression in the way that I see these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the escape thing is a short-term fix. Um, 
and you can do it and you can do it again and again and again but i don't think it's going to help ultimately but i mean i, I yeah i know what you mean but I, despite what what i just said there is a place for escapism and you know joyous music or whatever something that makes you feel a certain way even if it doesn't that mood doesn't match with where your life is at or whatever um and obviously you writing it is different to how someone will respond to it yes but no of course of course putting it out there and giving people something um you know positive and something that, that can soundtrack good moments uh is obviously still something worthwhile um and and i'm not saying that uh distractions i distract myself all the time but i'm talking about in these in the like specific uh context of having a panic attack or whatever or dealing with any serious issue as you as you said addressing it head on is always going to be the best way i think i think long term yes yeah um because i also see uh, as escaping um outside of a kind of again a poetic way of escapism and everything escapism of, often i think takes form of kind of you know um intoxication of some sort and it's mm-hmm. like a it's an av- avoiding through through different means um yeah changing your state of mind through yes. the use of whatever um or but yeah i don't know it, this is obviously something that we should probably talk more talk about at more length um in hashtag your story hashtag me 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 um <laughs> so well yeah i think that what you're doing sounds like the right move um i'm and uh, hopefully you can keep us updated with if you can get in touch with this counselor etc yeah 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 um well absolutely i think and i really do i I hope i'm not going to sound like a broken record but i think that's the um just with every conversation that is had and that is shared i think the um the stigma around all of this can be kind of done with and yes we can move on as a society and and appreciate and understand that people need help and that that's okay Mm -hmm. Um, especially with something like what you're describing that might have certain like taboo connotations um, yes well that's the other thing i visited a choir um in south london that was run by a charity and it's for people that want to come together and it's a mental health charity but within the choir I met people that are diagnosed with schizophrenia and um, have been prone to psychotic episodes and Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of the things they touched on was you know it still isn't widely talked about you know these things and, and it's it needs to be 
know, I'm not a bad person. I'm not, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm. Uh, and I think I'm not. Yeah. I think that like remembering that these thoughts are scary to the person who are having them. It's not just about yes. your. It's me as an outsider. My response being like, oh, that's a that's a scary thought, or you know think about what it would be like for those thoughts to be coming from your own mind you like yes they're obviously going to be confused and scared and therefore need help so i think that's remembering that is a way of being more empathetic and not just seeing it as how it seems to you as someone who is not having those thoughts if that makes sense and 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 you you, like you kind of alluded to with things like schizophrenia and um other uh, like um i don't want to say more serious mental health issues but i just mean i'm sure there is a there's better terminology that i should look into but every film with um like some kind of psycho killer it's always like explained by oh yeah they've got schizophrenia or something or they've got and like it's a really unhelpful thing i imagine for that community um to just be fucking associated yeah yeah anything associated with what you experience is associated in the most negative yeah and negative thing Uh, and uh, it's just not the reality Mm -hmm. um so all of these things we need to get better at and it's definitely true that um, like anxiety and depression are much more widely talked about and i'm not saying that that is a bad thing that is a brilliant thing but we also me included i'm not for one second pretending i'm good at this but we need to remember all these other things and 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 try and demystify those uh as well i think but i think that, that certainly the two of us as well with the, just having these regular conversations i Are think sort we're of heroes be... <laughs> that's not what i was gonna say at all oh, what i was gonna uh, say yeah, is yeah, that we neither. if we will i think naturally learn more and more as we go yes and i think that that's the i think my favorite um presenters of things whether it be tv or um podcasts or as my mum called it the other day i haven't listened to the most recent episode of your pod show um, (laughs) which just made me love her it made me love her um but what i love is when a presenter from the off says I don't have the answers. Let's go and find out together. Yes, you know that there's. I find that very kind of creatively that gets me going for sure. And that's the brilliant thing about us getting all these emails from people. Where um, I know that I'm, Holly, hearing uh, about experiences and things that I have no idea about. So we're dialoguing, guys. We're dialoguing. Ollie, is this... um, Hmm. Are you becoming a radio host? Is this a nice segue into... Hmm. I wonder if there's something at this point, some kind of feature that we could... 
and I'm typing because I need, and I'm stretching out this sentence because I need more time, and I'm struggling to find the thing that I need, but luckily the listener won't know. It feels natural. <laughs> yeah, this feels very natural. <laughs> okay. George? Yes? Do you know what it's time for? What's it time for, Ollie? It's time for our emails. Yeah, I would love to hear a few emails. How, well, how many have we got this week? I'm trying to play the jingle. Oh, have you, you, yeah, but you can't play the jingle now. Yeah, I want, I want you to hear it and get in the mood for emails. Okay, okay, so we should explain. Well, Ollie has put together... How do you want to reveal it? Well, yeah, so last week, um, towards the end of the episode, we were uh, you could really hear our creative minds just reeling and, and sparking off one another um, because George had the idea that our email segment jingle would be um, Tudor-themed. And so uh, I did lots of very intense, serious research into the music of the Middle Ages and hit it, mummy. <laughs> Email for you, my lord. News from the East, sire. This email's just come in, my lord. Okay, this email's just come in. <laughs> that is better than I could have imagined. <laughs> Oh, my Do you Lord. think it's okay, isn't it? People will be on side. We just wanted a nice, fun jingle for the emails. Yeah, listen, um, at this point, I don't care if they're on side or not. That is the email jingle forevermore. Okay, so, okay. Hit, me with, hit me with an email, my Lord. Okay, this email's just come in, my Lord. And this is from Megan. Uh, Megan says, hi, my name is Meg and I'm really enjoying the show. Thanks, Meg. I was Hello, just Megan. wondering if I could have some advice on how to maintain a good long-distance friendship. I've not long got back from spending a year in Australia and met some absolutely amazing people whilst I was there. As you are both currently living in different countries, how do you ensure that you always have time for each other when life gets in the way? Now, while it is true that this applies to us because we are living in different countries and... Um, we don't see each other very often. Obviously, it's not quite the same as Meg's situation where her friends are going to be in Australia and the time zone and all that stuff uh, yes. comes into play. But my main advice would be to start a podcast where that is based <laughs> entirely around you keeping in touch. No, I think that... Oh. I think we... I've got much better... I'm, in general, quite bad at this with most of my friends. Checking in on... That's why I'm I'm trying to, to get better at it. And you and I have certainly become much better at it, I think, than maybe in, in previous years. Because... But I think what's really beneficial is that we have a time each week that we know we're going to do it. So yes. it, I think something it kind of takes the spontaneity out of it in that you have to accept, Meg, that when you talk to your friends about it, one thing that might be worth suggesting is, well, should we just say on Monday of every week, we ring at 7am for you, 7pm for me or whatever the time is. Yeah, particularly in, in your situation, Meg, that probably is going to be the way to make sure you guys can regularly talk. But... 
obviously George and I speak once a week like this, but we're also WhatsApping you know, most days. And constantly? Yeah, constantly, much to the... My girlfriend's always looking over at me because I'm grinning at my phone. She's like, hey! She's like, how many people you? is there in this relationship? Yeah, and I, I have to say to her, I'm sorry, but you got to make room for a cheeky boy and his name's George. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, just even if you don't necessarily have anything uh, serious or important to say... Um, send them a link to something or uh, as George yesterday sent me about five or six links to disgusting sea creatures um different creepy crawlies um I'm not suggesting necessarily you do that but it did get me thinking yeah thinking disgusting I hate this um stop it George stuff like that but it's just I I think we are very lucky to live in a time where communicating is so easy. When my parents um, lived in South Africa, uh, when I was born, I was bo- hashtag I was born in South Africa. That's part of my hashtag story. Um, they used to um, mail VHS tapes to back to England to, or sorry, back to Scotland to members of the family. Um, just so they could see a little clip of like baby me being sick on myself or something. Whereas now, if I see a baby being sick, George can see it within seconds. Uh, I can make sure of it. And I can send George some of the worst memes known to man. And, yeah. and it's free and it's instant. And so, although Australia is physically very far away, it's a excellent time to have a long distance friendship you don't have to be pen pals you don't have to write long letters although if you want to do that that'd be nice too i suppose but i would also say ollie that if meg has been out there i get the sense that she's been out there kind of traveling a little bit Mm -hmm. and she's met these people i would also say don't dwell on the fact that you're no longer there with them uh, because you don't want to kind of start to feel as if you're missing out on something kind of keep your eyes on so it's brilliant to keep in touch with them but make you know don't let yourself get down on that you're missing out on whatever it is they're doing now yeah i th- i think yeah from from the email it just seems like she she wants to she wants to keep in touch which is of course fair enough and i would say yeah i would say the scheduled like phone call it doesn't have to be once a week even if it's once every two weeks it's kind of if you make a, a time it as i said it takes the spontaneity out of it it takes the kind of like hey we're just ringing to see how you are but then see I, I don't think that's a problem no and and it means you you can be sure that it's going to happen at a certain time and rather than saying like hey can you talk now or um are you free now that's going to be much harder especially with time zones etc another thing is for me it's particularly easy because i don't have any other friends here so all i can all i have to do is sit on whatsapp and message my far away friends so another another piece of advice meg uh kind of going against what george was saying Cut off all your friends in your local area no, and no. begin to live a entirely virtual life where 
you're the cheekiest chappy in the WhatsApp group, and everyone loves it. No, I would, Meg, I'm going to go against that advice. And Do you know one thing, actually, Ollie, with people that I want, uh, like, more... I don't know, there's one or two people in my life that I email instead of text, and it's because when I sit down and write an email, it doesn't feel weird for it to be so long if it's more of, a, like, a fortnightly catch-up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be a thing. Yeah, there's all these different ways. And also, uh, I mean, I I don't like it, but other people do. FaceTime, all that stuff. It will be like you're right there, sort of. Um, Yeah, Meg, I hope that was of help. I hope. I know. If if you start getting in touch with them, let, let us know. If you start to put in the weekly phone call and all of that, let us know. And... George, I know we said uh, I said that we were just going to do one email this week, but then something came in that just sparked your imagination. Yeah, and I think it's a nice one to end on, and it's hopefully the final chapter in the long chronicle of Liquid Ass. Oh, okay, because you know I love it so much. <laughs> well, I just think. Uh, you'll see why I think this is worth saying. Okay, let's do it. Uh, they haven't said if they want... I'm going to keep them anonymous. Okay. So they say, I had plans of writing an email rambling about how amazing the podcast is, but then you revisited Liquid Assets today, and I had an epiphany from the anonymous emailer's message. To preface the story, I also take sertraline and live in South Carolina, which is near Florida. I'm in medical business development and often observe colonoscopies and work with many GI and colorectal surgeons. Since I work with these doctors, the last thing I want is for them to see my ass. <laughs> but I keep having flare-ups and notice they're particularly bad when I was at work conferences. So this goes on for a while. She explains how um, these things would be particularly bad when she was in places like Nashville, Florida, Texas, blah, blah, blah. What have those places got in common, George? Uh, Great barbecue food and hot, hot sun. Yes, hot, hot sun. So they say, I don't know if I... Did I... reveal the gender earlier anyway they say so while i'm crying laughing from this morning's podcast and already looking forward to next week's i want to say thank you for being honest and open about mental health while the benefits from medicine definitely outweigh not taking medicine sometimes the symptoms can be real shitty literally ollie (laughs) thanks for letting everyone know we're not alone liquid asses united now (laughs) the reason i love that is it's very very kind of this person to to um send this but also the emailer last week who revealed to us that the heat can impact this uh, certain yes. side effect of the medicine they're the real hero of the piece um they have basically solved this person's issue and um opened their eyes to Something that was causing them a lot of, you know, they were they were fearful about what was going on. And now they understand it a bit more, thanks to 
an email on our podcast. So, But also, for, from this point on, Ollie, there's now at least three of you that are experiencing this. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I just... Which is good to know, I think. It is good to know. Um, I just I do want to make clear that it's not happening anymore. Um, things have returned... Well, Ollie, when I, commu- when I said to you, hey, do you want to start a podcast where we ring each other? I didn't think that four episodes in, three of the episodes would have... I've been quite so um scatological. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But I hope you realize that the reason I'm I'm putting this stuff forward is because it seems like it's actually helped these people. Um, yeah, absolutely. And oh, I get it. and I just thought that the person who emailed last week might like to know that they have uh, done some good. Um, and as I always say, liquid asses unite. Yeah, as you always say. Always I can feel that. some merch coming on, Ollie. Yes, please. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, hopefully, that is the final chapter in this story. Although, no, I don't want to put. I people... think. No, I think you and I both know that is not the final chapter <sighs> in the the tale of. Well, maybe maybe we could take a break for a bit and, yeah. and come back yeah. to it, revisit it. Where did this podcast start? What did we talk about? Oh, we spoke about um, deodorant and nudity. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've spoken about quite a few things. Why? Are you, are you trying to um, tie it all together in a neat little way? No, 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 not at all. I, I was just I did, just outside of the podcast. I was like, what have we... What, what does this one mean? Sorry, I've completely... I'm drained, man. I am completely... I've got a long journey home and I'm going to pass out tonight. Okay, well, let's say goodbye and allow you to get out of the lovely Sony headquarters and get yourself home and get some rest. And I I look forward to finding out how things progress next week with your um, reaching out to this counsellor and stuff like that. Yes. And see, see if anything comes from it. I hope so. Yeah. And well, thank you, Ollie, and thank you for. Um, I needed that. I needed just somebody, you know, outside of my own head. Isn't that funny? That that's mm-hmm. what you. That, well, that's what I needed. Um, well, but it was. I'm uh, happy to be that. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's just sometimes you get so, you know, far removed from the initial thing. You just need someone to remind you. Hang on. Man, yes. Hang on. It's hard. Um, so thank you very much for that. It's hard to think big picture when you're obsessed with the 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 little details. And obviously, I'm not the one who's going through the thing, so I can step back a little bit and say, "Hey, George, leave yourself alone. Yeah, thank you, you are a nice boy. Yeah. Be nice to thank yourself. You. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. Before we go, just quickly." If someone wanted to send us an email, how would they do that? It's contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com. Oh, that's contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com, you say? Yes. Excellent news from the East, sire. Well, (laughs) get yourself home, George, and I will speak to you next week. Thank you, mate. And thank you to everyone that's tuned in this week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Ollie. Bye. Speak to you later. Bye-bye.